Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, and actionable steps to help you jumpstart joy in the world, in your life, and in other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 193. In this week's show, I'm really excited to be sharing an interview with Franny Berkey. She is a baker and a shop owner in the little town of Point Arena, California. Her shop, which she co-owns with her mom, Barbara, is Franny's Cup and Saucer. And you can find it on Main Street with a beautiful blue storefront <laughs> and the best, oh, the most delicious baked goods that you would ever find. What I love about Franny and her story is that she really does infuse inspiration in everything that she does. And in this episode, which originally aired back in 2015, she shares about what it's like to have a brick and mortar store, how she infuses creativity and inspiration in everything that she does, what it's like to run a business with her mother, and how she approaches the hard work of baking and cooking in a way that is really joyful and positive. You'll find that everything that Franny does is just really infused with this beautiful, positive energy, and I felt like it was a great time to revisit her story here during the 4th of July week, probably in part because Point Arena puts on this amazing 4th of July parade every year, and while I won't be there this year, I do have very fond memories of being there with my family in years past. Before we get to that interview, I want to give you a very warm welcome and say thank you so much for tuning in. It's a real treat to get to do this show each and every week, and I really love being able to include stories like Franny's because they are so close to my heart. Franny was, of course, (laughs) the woman who baked my wedding cake several years ago, and so we do have a very friendly relationship, and it's lovely to see her when we go visit Point Arena. If you want to find out more about myself or the show, you can head to the website, which is at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And if you want to find the links and show notes for this specific episode, you can find them at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Franny, F-R-A-N-N-Y. While you're at the website, of course, you can also look for 192 past episodes, which you can binge listen at your leisure. Um, There is a player in line on every page of the website itself, or you, of course, could subscribe. Jumpstart Your Joy is found on all of the regular podcasting apps. And if you do subscribe, then you will get each episode automatically downloaded to your mobile device so that you can listen as you commute every Tuesday morning. (laughs) I hope you'll check all of that out. And without further ado, let's get on to this really great interview with Franny Berkey. Welcome to the podcast, Franny. Thanks, Paula. Thanks for having me. Totally my pleasure. I'm so glad you could make it. Let's see. So would you tell us uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do? Oh, uh, sure. Um, I uh, own, co-own um, a bakery in Point Arena. For, um, we've had it 2016. We'll be going into our 10th year, so almost 10 years now. Um, my mom and I run it together. We just, you know, do a really variety of pastries and uh, all sorts of chocolates and jams. And then we also have... Um, kind of just like all sorts of like wild housewares and jewelry. It's a real mishmash of all of our favorite things. It's so awesome. It's a real treat to be in Point Arena and see your shop, which is on the right side of the fr- the freeway, sorry, or Main Street. Is it Main Street through there too? Oh, yeah. 
Highway and, one. Uh, <laughs> highway one. <laughs> it's a, such a treat to see it because it stands out. It's a beautiful blue store. So, would you tell us about what you loved most as a child or in school, and kind of what were your early sparks of joy? Oh wow. Um, okay. You know, actually, my probably like my biggest passion and love as as a kid was reading. Actually, I was a voracious reader. I'm also like pretty introverted. <laughs> Even now, I'm realizing. And um, so books were just, uh, that was just my, I loved them so much. And now as an adult, I don't read nearly as often. Those, those years, probably like, you know, six to, you know, maybe junior high, 12 or 13, definite reading. <laughs> what were some of your favorite books? Oh, gosh. <laughs> You know, some of them are like, like kind of embarrassing. Like I think I have every single Babysitter's Club book in like the series, which is probably like hundreds of books. Wow. Yeah, yeah I remember them. <laughs> yeah, super, uh, you know, high, high literary. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but gosh, I think, let's see. I really like the Anna Green Gables series. Yes. Um, let's see. Wind in the Willows. Um those are some of the, the less embarrassing ones. Yes, yes. Oh, Anne of Green Gables is totally a favorite of mine. Yes. Oh, totally. <sighs> Those are good, good books. I just, I love Anne's sense of kindred spirits. Like that stays yes. with me. <laughs> <laughs> so charming. From what I know of you, it seems that you come from a family of professional bakers slash chefs and that your mom had worked at Chez Panisse. What was it like growing up with, you know, your mom as a, as a baker and, and having that influence in your life? Oh, you know, it was, it was really interesting. You know, my parents, you know, both worked like in the food industry. My dad was a, like a restaurant manager and a waiter. And my mom worked um, actually for when I was, you know, probably until I was about eight or nine, she was actually a housekeeper for a family, but basically she was a kind of a personal chef. Like she cooked all their meals. Yeah, their schedules were really different. You know, my mom worked during the day, my dad worked at night. But the way they, um, the way they they made it work is like there was always always one of them was home. So I got to spend a lot of time with both my parents growing up, which was really great. You know, spent a lot of time with my with my dad when I was really little because my mom was working days. And then when I was nine, they actually opened up a business together, and they opened up a bakery in Tamales. And luckily, it was right across the street from our house. <laughs> so even though they were gone really long hours, they were always really nearby. And my dad would come back from work in the morning. He'd come home and wake us up for school and get us ready and send us off to school. And then he'd go back to work again. And it was actually, it was really, really great way to do it and great way to grow up. Yeah, Tamales, that, that's up on, is that at Tamales Bay? It's up on the coast as well? Yeah, or that's Kind right. of the coast. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, like Westmoreland County, you know, on the, yeah, pretty close to the ocean, small, small little town. How did you like it? How did you like growing up in a a little town? You know, I don't think I appreciated it as much as I appreciate it now, of course, you know. I think uh, we didn't have a TV, like, we had a lot of free time. And I think like my brother and I, like sometimes we went a little stir crazy, but at the same time, I think it really taught us kind of be like, you know, self-sufficient and and 
figure out what to do with our time and be more independent. So now I think it's really awesome. But, you know, when I was a kid, I definitely had moments of being like, God, I'm so bored. There's nothing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it seems like, I mean, so I have a sister and I don't know, we, for a while, when I was 10, we moved here, for, so here to California from Minnesota. And I mean, we had a TV and all that in Minnesota, but it seems like we had a huge woods as our backyard and it seemed like it just inspired all sorts of creativity. Like, you know, we would make up games out in the woods and play with all our friends and <laughs> like bored made us more creative or something. That's totally true. You know, like my, you know, I remember like, we'd call, you know, we'd call my parents at work and I'd be like, you guys, like, there's nothing to do today. Like, what, what are we going to do? Like, you know, like figure out something for us. And my dad would say like, well, you know, go walk over on so-and-so's property, go out to their pond and bring me back like three plants from there. And we'd be like, oh God, okay, fine. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it was all ranch land. So there was a lot of, you know, a lot of space, you know, it was all just fields and a lot of like creeks. And um, there was like an old, actually two old cemeteries, like within walking distance of our house. So we'd, and a lot of time just wandering around, you know. It, it was pretty amazing. And when I visit there now, I just go, oh, my God, this place is so gorgeous. Like, it's just um, so fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that is a really pretty area I've been through a few times. Had you moved to Tamales from the Bay Area? Um, let's see. We lived in um, Mill Valley for a couple of years because my, my mom okay. and dad were both working in that area. Yeah. And then we moved to um, to Tamales. That's cool. Yeah. Was it a big change to move from kind of a suburban area out to Tamales? You know, not really when you're like six years old. Yeah, <laughs> I guess but not. The world is basically like your house and your school anyway. <laughs> At least mine was. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it wasn't really too different. Because um, I think, you know, um, we moved there when we were young enough that we weren't really doing too much on our own before. And then we moved to this really small area where we were able to like to the store go visit our parents at work, um, walk to school. It was all, we could do all that um, in Tamales. And whereas, I guess, before Mill Valley, I guess it was different how I'm thinking of it, you know. But, you know, when, when we when we were younger, everything we did was connected to whatever our parents did anyway. So I guess it was yeah. more kind of age thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Especially, like, six or so, you're still pretty. You're um, still pretty little. <laughs> yeah, pretty independent on what the parents are doing. Like, I can't imagine Zachary really knowing if we moved somewhere else, like what it would have been like. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. So you and your mom opened a shop, your current shop, as you said, about a, about 10 years ago. Nice. Um, and I don't know. I love it. Your storefront is so adorable and like just welcoming and clearly well thought out and a labor of love and I I can't even remember the first time I went in there, but it feels like pure joy just just entering your your shop. Um, oh, thank you. Could you explain the inspiration for Franny's cup and saucer? You know, it's actually like not very. There's not like a. There wasn't like a master plan at all. It was just kind of one <laughs> of those things where, like, my mom's whole philosophy is like, you just need to like put your time into things that you really like, and and if you really love it, other people will too. It's just it's kind of it's kind of infectious that way. So, which I think is a really great way of of doing things because um, it's so simple. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, like it's still just like it's a no-brainer <laughs> so so we basically just go with um you know we just went with what we really liked we have really kind of similar um aesthetics and taste um so so most of the time you know like we usually agree on almost everything and if not we're able just to play off each other enough to just have a lot of fun with it so basically it was just you know all all of kind of what we liked just kind of mushing it together and kind of evolving it over the years you know like with like the light blue color of our building right now, which I really love. When we first opened, it was kind of like a, like more of a pink and green. And then the paint job just wore out. Um, mm. And we were like, that's great. Cause we're tired of those colors. And we just colors we liked more. <laughs> so, and I'm also, I'm already thinking like, Ooh, I'm kind of more into like mint green now. Like maybe our next paint job. So it's always changing. So cool. Yeah. And I know it says bakery above, I mean, on the top of your store, were those, was that lettering already there or did you happen to inherit Ooh, that? That was actually already there. And actually, since you guys were up last time, we actually got a new sign. Um, so oh, the yeah? were actually gone, which was like kind of sad because they were so perfect. <laughs> but we decided we needed to kind of have something that was a little more um, inclusive of our, of our name. So we got this really gorgeous new sign. It's like kind of a cut out ovals where those bakery letters used to be but instead it says Franny's and then below okay. it we have a banner that says um, cup and saucer and it's really beautiful a friend of ours did it for us and he did a great job in your shop there's always so many cool things like from toys to jewelry and I, I mean like you said home goods and how do you guys decide on what goes into the store and are you the buyer or how does all that work well, you know, my mom is the main buyer. We we usually kind of do it together, but she definitely definitely does does the majority of it. She does the bulk of all that, the hard work for that. We kind of definitely have changed the products that we carry since we first opened. A lot of it has been based on just what people wanted and asked for. Like people really wanted um nice nice toys for kids that were, you know, fun and well made and there wasn't really mm-hmm. any way to find that where we were. And because we have so many people coming in for birthdays anyway, it really like tied in well together. So that was mm. one thing we didn't initially carry, but we really, you know, switched over and we have a lot of that stuff now. And then um the jewelry part, um, that's just something that we both really love. I mean, my mom has such an amazing eye for jewelry. And people really, people really appreciate that. Like we get so much um, nice feedback and, you know, people saying like, get all, I've gotten all my favorite pieces here. And um, we really try, one thing that is in a way it can kind of be a little limiting, but it's also a good challenge is we try to keep things really, um, really reasonably priced. So we, most of our things are under $30. Mm-hmm. Um it just seemed like from, you know, carrying different things in the past, that's a really nice price range for people. And it's really accessible that way. Well, and I hadn't even thought about the birthday connection. Um, I know my son, for the listeners, he's five. He, I mean, he goes in there and he sits on the floor and he just checks out everything. So it's that's also, funny. yeah, so it's, it's cool because you guys also offer kind of uh, a lot of things that are maybe like sweet and nostalgic, but I also love that there's an edge, you know, usually there's, there's something very edgy, like a, you know, a wallet with a skull and crossbones. Like, <laughs> like I love that there's that balance of cute, but then kind of like, I don't know, <laughs> the, the other, you know, something edgy on the other side. More like sugary sweet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I love that. 
you're the donuts. Oh my gosh, folks! If you if you want to see some very creative and awesome some creative flavors and awesome pictures, you got to check out Franny's Facebook page, and I'll link up to that. I can't even imagine how those ideas come to you. Like, I know recently you've had a chocolate glazed pumpkin donut, a butterscotch pecan donut, and the hibiscus glazed one. Oh my gosh, that looked awesome. Where do the where do you guys get the inspiration for the flavors and and how does that come about? Oh gosh, well you know, actually I got to say like social media is such a big thing right now for for me like getting inspiration like Instagram, which actually was pretty late in the game for that. I think like this year I just started using it. And there I have some there's just so many like creative people out there. Oh my gosh, it's mind blowing. Um so there's a bunch of um people you know that I follow who are also pastry chefs um and uh and just um a lot of it too is just like hanging out at work and just like asking each other like what do you think we should make we have this like jar of jam in the fridge that like we really should use up and like how can we use that with the hibiscus donut I think that inspiration came from um I think Derek and I, my, my boyfriend and I we were in Portland in August and we went to Blue Star Donuts which is like a super awesome donut place. They're just um, delicious and just beautiful. And we had a donut that was a blueberry basil bourbon glazed donut. And it was this gorgeous hue of purple. Like it had this bright purple glaze. Mm. And we were just talking about like how cool it was that you can get so many great colors just from, from natural foods. You don't have to use anything artificial. And that made me think of hibiscus. And then I thought, well, what goes with hibiscus? And kind of just, you know, it just goes from there. Yeah, that is a gorgeous color. Like, yeah, I think it's unreal. And in the comments, you mentioned like this is just a natural color that comes out of the of this flower. And I was like, whoa! Like, so if people want to follow you on Instagram. I just found you. I don't know why I wasn't following you, but you're Franny's Cup and Saucer. Yeah, um, so. yeah, easy to remember. <laughs> the other thing that I love about your shop, and I don't think I put this in the questions was or anything about it, but that I'm gluten free, and that. That one cookie, I don't even, it's like a peanut butter and chocolate, and I don't even know what else cookie. I don't know. Hot damn, that is delicious. <laughs> so, Isn't that a nice cookie? Yeah. Mm. That's one of my, my mom's recipes. And um one of our um one of our employees, like she loves that cookie so much and she tells everybody about it. Like her whole her whole um story is that she doesn't care if things are gluten-free or not like that's not her concern um just that it's just like a great cookie anyway and I think that's really good sometimes people are like oh gluten-free I don't you know you know it's not going to be as good as something that does have wheat in it um but sometimes Mm -hmm. better well and I don't know how you I mean and I'm not asking for any baking secrets but you (laughs) definitely you definitely have mastered the uh, gluten-free that tastes not gluten-free and so thank oh, you for that you. <laughs> yeah it's all you know it's all the stuff that's out there already you know like all our recipes they're just from you know just from cookbooks or magazines and just stuff that you know we might have tweaked a few little things you know over time mm-hmm. but you know it's it's no big uh, mysteries of the universe <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I don't know about that because some of them some especially things you buy probably packaged but are so they have that grainy texture that's kind of sandy or whatever and there's there's no stickiness to it because obviously wheat for those people who don't know this but is a binding agent so 
when you drop that out, then you as the baker have to become more creative in how you bind the food together. So I don't know, you guys, you've nailed it. you thanks yeah I've eaten quite a few of those kind of like gritty cookies you're talking about too and and I just thought oh you know this isn't really this isn't really my style so um you know you gotta make what you like right I know from personal experience that you make amazing wedding cakes because last year almost exactly a year ago well we you made our wedding cakes and yeah happy anniversary (laughs) thank you Yeah. Well, it was super fun to get to sit down and spend some time with you. I put in air quotes designing a cake because, I mean, you really did all of it. We just kind of said what we wanted. But our cakes, we decided to do three just as for the listeners, which is kind of interesting because we have a five-year-old son and we wanted to include him. So we, you know, we had one for the groom, one for the bride, one for the kid. And you made these, (laughs) I'm going to have to put up pictures, but you made a Yoda and a rabbit and Lightning McQueen and a robot for the top of his cake. And uh, that one went the fastest. (laughs) 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 And was uh, that was an amazing gluten-free cake. So thank you for that, too. How many wedding cakes do you usually do in a year? Oh, gosh. You know, um, you know, I usually do anywhere from one to four a week. Although, um, you know, people... We usually don't have a wedding every single weekend, but you know mm-hmm. it's getting to be close to that though. But definitely, our our busiest season for weddings is um about probably May to October, and September and October um in our area are a really busy time for weddings. Maybe even more than the summer months. Mm, yeah, yeah. So I guess I do probably. I have, I've been meaning to actually like go through all my records and do a count, but I probably do about 50 wedding cakes a year, um, at, at least maybe. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> it seems like September, October, it is, is it perhaps a little sunnier up on the coast? And... It, it is. There's less fog. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. pretty gray and foggy sometimes. You kind of get that, that whatever marine layer, I guess. Yeah. In the, the midsummer. Yeah. Yeah, October is a beautiful time of the year to be up there. And we lucked out that day was so sunny and hot even. It was crazy. Um, what are your favorite kinds of cakes to bake, wedding or otherwise? Gosh, you know, I do really love doing wedding cakes with people because it's it's a cake where or, or a job for me where people are pretty involved with what they want. And that's just, um, you know, it's really fun to get to work with people really get a sense sense of, of what they love and what their style is and then to get to see it all come to fruition you know when you deliver the cake and you get to see like you know all the other details that they've been telling you about for their wedding you know mm. you know just all those little personal touches I just it's so fun it's great to see it all come together like that because a lot of times you know with with other jobs um which are also really fun you know making birthday cakes and all those other things I get to do I don't actually get to like see it in its finished finished state you know people come pick it up and it's gone but but the wedding cakes I get to actually like see everyone at the event I get to see you know the bride and groom and all that and that's pretty amazing yeah that is cool I hadn't thought about that that you would you would get to see the whole thing yeah Yeah. although sometimes like in your like for your guys's wedding the guests weren't there yet but I got to see like you know the reception area and I got to see the catering staff so (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
that was that was a great day um and yeah those cakes were amazing i loved oh, all the little all the details it was hard to cut <laughs> it was hard yeah, to make the sax cat cake was one of my favorites i really enjoyed all the little making all the little figurines and i was just looking at a photo of it the other day and i was like oh i like that one <laughs> i have to say all the is it did you make it out of is it mars marzipan it's fondant, yeah. It's fondant, okay. Because they're still in my fridge. Right oh, that's good. I, was actually, I was like, oh, I wonder if they still have them. And then I thought, oh, maybe I won't ask. I don't want them to feel bad if they, like, you know, put them away. They were such a work of art. Like, I, I could not throw them out. I don't, I don't know what to do with them. But yeah, they're still in the fridge. <laughs> well, you know, from personal experience, I can tell you that, like, they do last a long time, but they just continue to like, kind of, like, turn more gray and like funky mm. and eventually you're just like oh these gotta go like <laughs> this is <so> warm. <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> they get kind of tacky and my lint sticks to them <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> I'm sure they'll let me know when it's time for them to yeah, go somewhere yeah. else <laughs> but yeah they were they were completely charming um and I think the robot for some reason like he was so and I'll totally post pictures since we're we're talking about these guys, but he's so like perfectly retro and whimsical. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if you used a, I don't know if you had a, you know, a visual inspiration for him or if he just evolved well, out of you your know, imagination. I think, I did. I think I put together like a little board of like, um, you know, like all the, cause like with Lightning McQueen, like I didn't really, I hadn't seen the movie Cars, so I didn't know what he looked like. So I was like, mm. I gotta make sure he's like the right color. And, you know, like I didn't want to mess that up because I knew that Zach would notice if it wasn't right. Oh, so yeah. I, made, I made a little board of all the little figurines I had to make. So I had something to model off of because I'm really visual. Like I, I have to like look at it and be able to like know that I'm replicating it well. Like I, I don't trust myself enough just to go off the cuff, you know? So I like having, being able to switch back and check out my, my reference and line things up with it. What is, uh, your most popular flavor or combo for wedding cakes? Oh, um, you know, actually we changed our menu this year, a few months ago, and uh, it's been really interesting. It used to be that our most popular flavor was um, one called the Marie Antoinette. It was a champagne cake with vanilla pastry cream and raspberries and raspberry jam. And it's kind of just like a really classic like wedding cake. It's what I think of when I think of wedding cake. But we actually, when we revised menu this year to kind of update it, we added a cake called the Barcelona. And it's a chocolate cake with a salted caramel mousse, orange marmalade, and chocolate ganache. And people have been really into that. Like we've done so much of that um, since we've added that. So it's a little more, more it's a little less classic, but um, it's a little more modern because you know everyone is really into salted caramel right now, and everyone, I guess, chocolate is kind of timeless, but yeah. it fits all those, those cravings. I think it speaks to a lot of people. Yeah, my mouth is watering just thinking about that cake. <laughs> <laughs> sounds delicious. That sounds so good. This will be a fun one. What is the most outlandish thing that you've created, you know, as far as baking at the shop or elsewhere, I guess? There have been a few. <laughs> there, actually, <laughs> yeah. there was one job that I couldn't take because I was too busy, but I yeah. it really sticks out in my mind is somebody was having a baby shower and they wanted to order, actually the husband wanted to order a three-dimensional cake 
in the shape of a baby to serve. <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh my God, like you're going to be like slicing up like a baby to serve to your guests. Like, <laughs> and I think that was like, I think that was like his, like his intention. Like he just thought it would be hilarious. <laughs> kind of an ironic cake yeah. or something there. I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I do think it's funny, but I was like, oh, I don't know. And luckily, um, I, I couldn't take the job anyway, so that simplified the whole, you know, moral quandary. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, let's see, I did make, um, I think one of the, a wedding cake that I did, actually quite a few years ago, it was a really um, classic cake on the outside. It was really gorgeous. It had ivy and fresh flowers. And it was at this really beautiful venue around here called Victorian Gardens. And it really fit that setting. But the inside of the cake was a orange and magenta tie-dyed marble cake. Oh, cool. The groom, that was really more his style. You know, he, he just like, that was what he thought would be like, that really represented him and, and the bride wanted something more, you know, classic. So it was a cool mix of being able to do both for them. If you will, the marriage of the two and cake, like, ah, the symbolism, that's so cool. And it was great that it looked so conventional on the outside. And then when they cut yeah. it, it was like this total psychedelic, crazy thing, you know? How awesome. That's so cool that you could execute on it too. That is just beyond amazing. And then of course, all the cakes like that I get to make, you know, like when you know someone really well, you can really, mm. like, you know, you can really go kind of crazy with it. And so I always really enjoy getting to make stuff for, you know, like my family and for, for Derek, my boyfriend, like his cake every year is always such a fun thing to get to, you know, put together and, he always really like just loves it so much too. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. To be able to extend your art. In, yeah. In, <laughs> maybe go a little bit crazier than you would in the shop. That's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like you guys close shop a couple times or at least once a year and then take off to travel to amazing places. I don't know. I feel like you've mentioned Paris and maybe India. Yeah. Um, what has been your favorite place to travel to? It's really hard to pick a favorite. I mean, I love everywhere I, you know, we've ever gone. One trip, actually, which is yet to happen, but it's our upcoming trip is, that I'm really, really looking forward to is um, our, in January, we're going to Marrakesh for um, two weeks. And then on our flight back, we have three days in Paris. And I'm really excited about it because it's a family trip. My mom and her boyfriend are going and Derek and I are going. So it's the four of us and it'll be the first time the four of us doing something like that. And I'm just, I'm so excited. Well, in Marrakesh, I've heard amazing things. Like, I don't know, visually, it seems like such a very different and inspiring space than for sure California, but like, that seems really like exciting. Oh yeah. I know the architecture and, you know, the textiles and, everything the food um it's somewhere I've been one I wanted to go you know for forever you know as long as I can remember enjoy that'll be so cool and neat that it's a family trip do you guys tend to bring inspiration back with you on on things that you want to you know make or bake oh definitely definitely I like my mom and I always joke that like all of our photos are just of like they're just food there's never any pictures of people because you know <laughs> oh my God, like, we've got to remember this. Like, this is so beautiful or this is so creative, you know. 
so yeah, no, the traveling is a huge source of just inspiration for the rest of the year, things to make at work, you know, that kind of stuff. Do you bring back anything, spices or whatnot? Yeah, I usually, like, if, there's some, if there's something that like I've never seen before, I know, you know, isn't something that's easy to get at home. That's like one of my favorite things to do actually is, um, is like, is actually shop. Things <laughs> 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 that are useful, you know, like that's usually like what's, what's in my suitcase at the end is, is food stuff. Cause you always eat it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It is fun to explore new flavors and like just get a sense. Cause usually even in a, a new space, like I'm thinking of Israel, like there were flavors there that I had never experienced before. And if, yeah, that's Israel's pretty awesome. And just, you know, like immersing yourself in it and then realizing I wouldn't know how to come up with this. I mean, I'm not that great with flavors, but like, I don't, I wouldn't know how to like reassemble this to make this amazing flavor now. So I know there are some things like some things you try and you think, oh, well, this has like a little bit of this. This has a little bit of this. You can kind of like kind of pull it apart and figure out how it's done. But some things you're just like, this is so out of this world. I who knows? It's just amazing. When I was in India, for instance, I took um, a cooking lesson, this really lovely woman's house at Shivani's. And it was all, you know, really classic Indian food. Like, um, you know, we made naan, we made um, pakora, <laughs> you know, those little fried vegetable fritters, the spinach with the paneer cheese. It was all things I'd had, you know, so many times, but I didn't know how it was made. And it was so the process of you know preparing the ingredients was so different than the way I would have done it. And it was so much better to that, the way the way Shivani did it too. And she had all these little tricks about um, you know, how to prepare the spices and at what point to add them. And it was really interesting. Um, and it was all things like I'd made before at home and just thought like, oh, this is just so so, but I didn't know why. Watching her do it, it was just like, oh wow, this is great. And it was so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume owning a shop and living probably close by and all that, it could become something where the boundaries of work and <laughs> free time get blurred. Is that Has that ever become an issue for you or how do you balance it? That is a really good question because I've definitely, um, I think I've gotten a lot better in the past few years about like having set, you know, kind of delegating my time more. So it's not all work time. Because I mean, I, I really, I really love my job. And it's kind of one of those things that other people have told me too. like when you when it, you're, you know, working for yourself, like it's just, it's just, it can be really satisfying to put in a lot of time. But I have definitely gotten better about like, two days off. Those are those are like free time. Like I'm, I don't go into the shop that often on those days. I used to, you know, sometimes I just, you know, go on an extra day to get extra things done or I'd uh, like do extra um, catering things or I'd meet with clients on those days. And, and I definitely like cut back on that. I think, um, you know, living with a partner now the past couple of years, like he's really kind of said like, you know, like you can't be gone at work all the time. Like it's, you need a little more balance. And, then, you know, if you, you know, that's a really good point. So I, I try and try and like just... I delegate my time better. Like we have a um, internet connection at work now, so I can answer emails and do that kind of stuff while I'm at work and not come home and just do that all night long, which is what I used to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also for me, actually, like kind of almost learning to say no sometimes has, has been really useful. Um, and, and it is still really hard to do. 
but but it's been it's learning to say no and when to say no has been a good thing. That is so hard. I, mean, I think <laughs> so many people struggle with that. And maybe I don't know if it's women more than men, but I I just feel like it's either I get caught up in worrying what someone will think if I say no, or I really want to do it. And so I say yes, but then I don't really have the time. So yeah, it can be hard for sure. A very sweet friend at the place where I've led retreats for a while. This one day I just said, well, I don't think I can do that. And she just looks at me in the most earnest way. And she goes, you know, a no is as blessed as a yes. And I was like, I love that. I want that on a t-shirt. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. I think it is really tricky because you you end up, um, you know, sometimes if you overcommit to things, even though you've said yes, you're not really, you're still not really participating in the way that you should be. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're spread too thin. Um, So I know. So yeah, almost saying no is, is it? can be you know can be better definitely I've, I've learned a lot from speaking to my my female friends though and especially because you know it is you you want to I think we all want to um you know be helpful and be a part of things and, and you know as much as we can but you know you can't you can't do it all all the time <laughs> so true yeah what do you do for kind of time out or like how do you recharge your batteries if you're taking a break my day-to-day life um um Derek and I we have a really really nice big yard so we have a big vegetable garden and we have a lot of fruit trees we do a lot of gardening especially in the summer um that's a really like just great way to spend time outdoors and it's so satisfying you know growing all these different things and anything we have too much of that we we can't just can't use we can bring it to the bakery and use it which is really (laughs) nice that's um, awesome yeah yeah because oh, sometimes you plant like a gazillion zucchini and you got to use this somehow <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I also do, I do uh, mixed martial arts uh, a few times a week I've been doing that for four years now and it's just such a nice group of people you know every week to go and just learn with part of sometimes it's, it's a good way to relax in a way it's it can be um the opposite of relaxing though because you're really pushing yourself to your limits but mm. that in itself is a really nice feeling you know yeah yeah and um I run um, I try to run um like every day before work although the reality of it is it's usually not every day but I do that with um, one of my really good friends um really early in the morning um and we always joke that like even if you don't do anything else the rest of the day, like you've at least done that. So it's, it's a really nice, nice little balancing way to start, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then just, you know, taking off a nice big chunk of time a few times a year and traveling is pretty great too. Yeah. And I think so many people don't, I mean, we all, or, you know, if we're in a corporate job, that's the, we all I'm talking about, but like we have the time, but then it's so, I don't, I don't know why it's so hard just to say, here come my two weeks off. Like <laughs> I know too many people that, uh, you know, they end up cashing out on their vacation days cause they can't, they've accrued so many. And I'm like, what are you doing? That's crazy. Oh man. Well, I mean, I know like it's not for everyone, but I mean, I really like it because, uh, I always love coming home, you know, mm. just, just coming home and being like, 
oh, this is my house. And like, it's really nice here. Like, I miss this, you know? And like, oh, I get to go back to work. Like, I actually like, you know, if I'll start to miss being at work and I'll be like, I can't wait to get, to get back to work and get back in there and start creating. So it makes me appreciate my day-to-day life more too. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's good to have that perspective and the, the change of pace. What do you think would surprise people about your work or owning a bakery? I think because it is one of those jobs that gets known where you go in really early and it seems like the, like it can be long hours. A lot of, you know, a lot of our customers say like, oh God, you know, like this is like, I could never do this. It's such hard work. And like, to be honest, it's it's not that hard. (laughs) It's pretty fun. (laughs) Um, I was like, I'm not a morning person. I've never been someone who could get up really early naturally, but you know, it just like set an alarm and, it's really loud and obnoxious and I have to go out of bed to turn it off. And that's just like my secret for getting up early. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah. And the first five minutes of every day are really awful. Like that first five minutes when I'm out of bed, I'm just like, this is terrible. I hate this. But then it, then it's gone. You know, I brush my teeth and I'm like, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. That, that's an interesting perspective of someone from someone who doesn't like to get up early. Yeah. I like no, the first five true. minutes. Yeah. Nope. They're going to be bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but you know, and then they're over and every morning I know, like as soon as I get through them, it'll be fine. And it always is. <laughs> <laughs> and when you say you wake up really early, how early do you wake up? I wake up at four fifteen. Wow. That is early. <laughs> It's not actually like the early, I'm not the early person there either. Um, Haley, who does the morning baking, she gets to work at 4.30. So she wakes up at 3.30. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets up even earlier. (laughs) And how far do you have to go to get to the bakery? Oh, it's, it's actually pretty close. I only live about four miles away. Okay. That would be nice too. <laughs> to yeah. not have to drive a long way. Yeah. Oh, no, it's great. I mean, it's, it's maybe, even though it's only like four or five miles, it's maybe a 10 minute drive because it's windy. But even then, it's like, you know, it's no big deal. <laughs> nice. Um, so, is there anything? We're about to hit the last couple of questions, but is there anything that you would like to add? I know you do have a couple of dinners coming up. But if people are in the area, they could totally go to. And what, one of them's November 15th? Yeah, we have one um, November 15th, which is actually, um, it's a benefit for the Pacific Community Charter School, which is a kindergarten through high school in Point Arena. And um, they do, um, it's it's very volunteer-based. You know, all the parents of uh, the students who go there, they volunteer a lot of their time um, and they do a lot of fundraising. So, yeah, our dinner is going to be benefiting um, Pacific Community Charter School on November 15th. They they start at 5 p.m. It's actually, we seat people next door to the bakery at 215 Main, which is the bar next door to us, because they um, have some really nice um, dining area and they have a little patio. And, uh, yeah, we've been doing these dinners for, I want to say, two two years now. And they're a lot of fun. Yeah, they always sell out. And um, yeah, we really enjoy doing them. That is so cool. Do you do you cook the entire the entire meal? Yes. Yeah. um, I I do the cooking. My mom does like the seating. 
And then um, Haley, who is our, our morning baker, does um, she does the serving. Um, and it's really, it's really great. Yeah. And my dad That's is cool. actually a bartender at the bar where we serve. So mm-hmm. sometimes he's there too. And then Derek, my boyfriend, is a bartender there too. So it's definitely, definitely like a little family affair for sure. Cool. Well, so uh, the last couple questions. Um, and thank you. Well, I guess first, thank you. Thank you for bringing so much joy into the world and and for doing something that you love so much and just following your heart. I think it's such an inspiration. Oh, gosh. Thanks, Paula. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a real joy to, to get to cross paths with you. And every time we're up at the Sea Ranch, which I'll send the link to, I guess, because people may not know where we're talking about, which is it's the Mendocino Coast. But whenever we're up there, it's just... It's it's a must do. Like we just have to stop in and see what you guys are up to at the shop. And I don't know. It's a, just a blessing to be able to be in that space and, and see you in action. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, so if someone is listening and they have a big dream about how they could make a change in the world, what advice would you give to them about bringing their dream into action? I would say, you know, if, if you can surround yourself with um you know with people that people that support you you know that um will encourage you to to do what you love and or and also people who have you know that are are great role models who have kind of done similar things to what you um you know to what you would like to do you know just that whole positivity thing is so um it's so contagious and the more you can get the better right (laughs) I totally agree yeah um, and then last and most joyfully, what are three ways you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? Ooh, well, um, I, uh, let's see, I always think, you know, um, treating people the way you would like them to treat you is a wonderful thing. You know, people are, people are really interesting mirrors, you know, and if you make that first step, to, to be kind, um, and, you know, and, and to be positive, um, people will, people will give that back to you, you know, even if if, if that might not be their first, um, way to do things normally, um, like that'll, that'll always come back to you. Um, and, uh, gosh, three, hmm. What about you? I'm sure you have so many, um, I, I honestly would love to hear some of them. Um, one of my favorite quotes, and I think it's Henry Nowen, but I might be wrong. And it's that we must choose joy and keep choosing it. Like, I think very much that joy is a choice. Uh Um, and that even in the bad moments or the really hard times, like interestingly, Amy Avazade, which is, she's episode two, said something similar. Like some people might think that, I don't know, saying choose joy is like naive or silly, but. I really don't think that it is because I think it's it's not the simple way out. It's actually really hard sometimes to choose joy. So, yes. you know, on a really in a really hard time or a really dark day, I think choosing joy is the courageous and the brave thing to do because sometimes it's super hard. So I think that's that's one way I think you can jumpstart joy is just by choosing it. Let me see if I can think of another one on my toes. Um, well, what you said makes me think of um. 
I think it's a, I think it's actually like a quote from Mr. Rogers, who I just think mm-hmm. is a fantastic person in the world. Um, yeah. But he said that, you know, um, that love is a verb too. And it's the kind of the same thing. Like you have to continually um, put work into it, just, you know, the same way as you enjoy. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I really, I think about that all the time. Definitely. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's a song, it's a country song. It might be George Strait, but it's love isn't something that we have. It's something that we do. Oh. And it's this gorgeous song. I'll, I'll link it up. I'll actually, I'll send you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's That's just so like cute. every time it just makes my heart melt because it's so true that like you said, love is a verb and it's not, it doesn't just happen. It doesn't just, it can, but then it's, right. love is like, it's work. It's not just a given. So yeah. Yeah, you, you don't like. I mean, I guess you do stumble upon it a lot of times, but then you have to you have to um, nourish it, you know. And yeah, yeah, so true. So oh, that's really good stuff. Thank you, Franny. This has just been such a joy and such a delight. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you, Paul, and thank you so much for thinking of me to be on your podcast. It really was a such an honor. Franny, thank you so much for being on the show. It's always such a treat to get to speak with you and of course thank you for making the world's most delicious wedding cakes as well (laughs) if you want to find out more about franny or her shop or get any of the links from this episode you can find the show notes for this at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash franny and that's over at the website and while you're there of course you could find 192 past episodes all ready to be listened to Um, either in the archive or there is a player on every one of the podcast pages where you can just scroll through and see past episodes. It's also a great download for your road trip this summer. Coming up next week, I'm super excited to be doing a brand new episode. I hope you'll come back and tune in for that. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.